Hey, listeners, we're planning something special and we need your help. We want to hear from you. Please leave us a 10 to 30 second voice note about your favorite episode, karyotid, or any lady in the profession who inspires your career and life. To do this, please go to our show notes linked in the description of this episode. Scroll to the bottom and follow the link and instructions to leave your note for us. You might hear yourself on a future episode. Stay tuned. Imagine earning continuing education credits while doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you can. Gable Media has revolutionized the way you earn your continuing education credits with a groundbreaking approach. Forget running around town and scouring the internet for credit-worthy courses. Fulfill your CE requirements effortlessly by listening to engaging podcasts just like the one you're listening to now. Our podcasts are designed to educate, entertain, and inspire, all in a user-friendly environment. But wait, there's more. Architects, Gable Media is also approved as an AIA continuing education services provider. Upon completion, we handle everything from reporting your hours directly to the AIA to storing your certificates in your personal Gable Media profile for your self-reporting needs. So follow the link in the show notes and start earning your credits in the most innovative and entertaining way possible with Gable Media. And most of all, thank you to all of you listeners out there. For all of you... What? <laughs> Thank you to all of our listeners out there too. For all of you for listening. It does sort of make sense. You. Makes sense when you read it. Sort of. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of She Builds Podcast, where we share stories about women in the design and construction field one lady at a time. This season's theme is tools and inventions. We will be talking about ladies that invented something or were involved in the development of a tool used in our field. On this week's episode, we will be talking about Grace Hopper, a computer pioneer who basically invented computer language compiler. You know, just basic computer programming. I'm Jessica Rogers getting ready for the spooky season that is October. Based out of Miami, Florida, and I'm with my co-hosts, Lizzie and Nojiri. Hey there, I'm Lizzie Rar, wishing you a happy October, best month of the year, from San Francisco. <laughs> hey girl, hi, I'm Nojiri Rivas, wondering what my Halloween costume will be this year in Houston, Texas. As always, we're not experts on this subject. We're just sharing stories about the information that we find as friends do having a fun conversation. If you find an error, send us an email and we will all continue learning. All right, computer nerds, y'all are in for a treat. We are going to be diving deep into the early computer years. Computer history, if you will. I am so excited. Okay, let's begin. On December 9th, 1906, in New York City, Grace Booster Murray was born. Her parents were Walter Fletcher Murray and Mary Campbell Van Horn. Her father was a Yale graduate that owned his own insurance company. Oh, hey. Ooh. I'm excited to learn more about computer history and go full nerd and Grace. <laughs> Same. Oh, it's happening. We okay, so from an early age, Grace's parents knew that she would get into a field like engineering because she loved taking apart household goods. 
It was said that at the age of seven, little Grace was known to dismantle alarm clocks. (laughs) Yeah, she ended up dismantling several alarm clocks before her parents found out. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. I wonder how many times someone overslept because of Grace. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, no. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Little girl. (laughs) Dangerous. Dangerous. Okay, but. Anyway, Grace would primarily attend private schools, which would lead her to graduate from Vassar College in 1928 with degrees in mathematics and physics. Oh, a Vassar graduate. She joins a great group of alumni. A a lot of our ladies are Vassar graduates. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Grace would later go on to receive her master's degree in mathematics in 1930 from Yale University. Like a papa. Like father, like daughter. Mm-hmm. Also in 1930, Grace would marry an NYU professor named Vincent Foster Hopper. You know, like Grace Hop. That's where Grace Hopper is. You know, last name. Okay, but do we know anything about him? How did they meet? What's his credit score? Does he floss? I hope he flossed. Uh, I don't know his credit <laughs> score. I'm uh, guessing since, you know, they would meet while she was studying and stuff. Uh, but there's really not that much to report on the marriage, only that they would be married for 15 years before they would get divorced. So oh. anyway, moving on. Oh, back to Miss Grace. <laughs> that was a quick 15 years. Oh, sad. Yeah, <laughs> I feel turned around. Yeah, just nothing to report. They got married. They were happy. And then not important. Bada bing, bada yep. All right. Yeah. Let's get back to inventing things. Yes. So back to the 1930s. So in 1931, Grace would teach mathematics at Vassar while pursuing her doctorate at Yale. Grace would complete her PhD in mathematics and mathematical physics in 1934. She really likes her math. Am I right? Yeah. yeah, To get a PhD. But in math and mathematical physics. Yep. (laughs) Grad. Masters, PhD, all of it. Just math. Math and it up. In one of my sources, they just casually threw in this little like anecdote saying that like in the 20s and 30s, there were a lot of women receiving doctorate degrees. And I don't know. I just think about earlier this season of how we had found all these women that were just struggling to get just like regular degrees, you know? Yeah. Well, finally, after a season of discussing ladies that were not even given a diploma in the late 1800s, it's good to know that now in the 30s, they're getting doctorates. Take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure where that lines up, like with all of our ladies in past seasons and things like that. But mm-hmm. was it like they were getting doctorates and continuing to study because they couldn't get hired at a job? I don't know. I just like that was my other thought that as you said that I was like, oh, were they staying in academia because people wouldn't hire them? Interesting. I didn't think about it that way. I don't know. I just. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, though. Food for thought, because I have no idea. They were just saying how like maybe not. Maybe they just liked research, you know, but yeah, but but it's a good thing to look into between seasons. Well, anyway, so while Grace is pursuing her doctorate, she's teaching. Right. And she's working under Howard Ingstrom and Richard Courant. Howard Ingstrom was a professor of math at Yale and was the head of research operations at the U.S. Navy's Communications Supplementary Activities, CSAW, during World War II. 
Later on, he would co-create the UNIVAC computer and become the deputy director of the NSA. Is this episode going to turn into a spy story, Jessica? (laughs) No. Or, well, I'm not at liberty to say. Oh, okay. (laughs) Suspense. (laughs) Well... Richard Courant was a German-American mathematician. He wrote the book, What is Mathematics? Which I think is a great title. Sure. And he wrote a bunch of textbooks still used today by physics and math students. He focused on stuff like, what is mathematics? Like mathematical physics and partial differential equations. This sounds right up Grace's alley. Math on math on math. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Math on math on math on math. It's interesting, though, like these two giants she is just casually working with. OK, so because computer technology at this point is like all new stuff, you know, the age of the unknown, if you will. So everyone's just discovering things. That's why I think we have a lot of mathematicians that help develop computer stuff. But anyway. So we reached the part in our story where it's 1945. Like a few of our ladies, Grace decides to join the war and help. But because of her age and size, she was rejected at first. She was a tiny petite woman. But that's neither here nor there because Grace eventually gets accepted to join the military as a woman in her late 30s, which is also interesting. Good for Grace. But okay, so what did she get to do for the war effort? Mm -hmm. Yes. Before I tell you what she did do, she had all these things like she turned down opportunity of like tenure to teach just to join the U.S. Naval Reserve, a.k.a. the Women's Reserve. Oh, interesting to turn down tenure for that. Yep. She was. I think her great grandfather was in the Navy, too. Which I also thought was interesting. Well, it sounds similar to episode 58, Doris Duke, who joined the United Seamen's Service. Yes, that's what my first thought was, too, that I thought that maybe she was doing something similar to Doris. Mm. But Doris was doing something like more social, I guess. Mm. Grace, since she had experience, you know, learning about computers under like those two guys and her all her degrees in mathematics. Grace would be assigned to the Bureau of Ships Computation Project at Harvard University. Okay, that sounds less dangerous than what I was imagining and a great use of her talents for the war effort. Agreed. Yeah, she wasn't putting her life at danger, kind of like how Anna Keiklin wanted to put her life in danger. Episode 82. (laughs) Anyway, what's interesting about learning about this like early years of computers was that there was this connection with early computer development in the military. Like during Grace's time in the military, Grace would work on these like secret calculations of like rocket trajectories by using the computer. And she'd create these tables that included like the ranges of several missiles and like aircraft guns. I mean, spy story. But also, so many connections to Katherine Johnson from Hidden Figures. Rockets? Like, rockets! Yep. Oh, actually, Mm -hmm. so I finally saw that movie, and I liked it. Very nice. Yes, I did like it. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Very nice. It's such a good movie. Okay. So Grace is basically working on the precursor of what the ladies did in Hidden Figures. Like that's what I came to the conclusion of. But I say this because Grace and a team of early computer pioneers would together create the program that would run the IBM Automatic Sequence Controlled Calculator, a.k.a. the Mark One. Oh, man, that is really impressive. The Mark One was one of the first general purpose computers used during World War Two. Whoa, that's so cool. All right. So, yes, I'm so glad that you've watched the movie because now it'll make sense. Because basically, Grace wrote the manual on how to operate the Mark One. So the manual that Dorothy Vaughn is referring to in the movie, I'm pretty sure it's this manual that Grace wrote. Or at least a later version of it, perhaps. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Historical and Hollywood references. We got it all covered on this episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, so after the war, Grace continues to work with Howard Eichen, you know, the guy behind the Mark I, to further develop the later iterations like the Mark II and the Mark III. So basically, Grace is the reason we have computers, is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I heard. Or at least she was part of the reason. Yeah. Yes, this is what I'm saying. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of this season, you know, inventions and stuff, guess who created the term a bug in the machine or debugging the system? Grace? It better be. Mm-hmm. That is one of like her biggest contributions. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it sucks because she didn't patent it, but whatever. Okay, so <laughs> engineers, you know, they were the first to use the term bug, okay, when they referred to like a problem and a machine. But it's our homegirl who was the first to refer to a bug in a computer like a computer bug. Also, I'm going to have to share a photo of this in our show notes because the way that it happened is that she found a dead moth in the machine and it was causing all of these problems. So that's where the term (laughs) a computer bug or computer bug. Stop. (laughs) So the, the term comes from a literal bug she found in the computer. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. So this lady invented a phrase. Way to make mm-hmm. this work, Jessica. It's cool to yes. know where this term came from. She invented a couple of things. That one <laughs> okay. just so happened to be one that she didn't get patent. I see. Uh, I see. Uh, okay. Okay. So listeners, like I was mentioning, it's such a funny little anecdote and you'll have to make sure to check out our show notes because there's a picture of the dead moth itself that Grace taped to her notebook pages. <laughs> so you can find the first bug in the computer. Never did I think I'd be excited to see a picture of a dead moth. Like <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see the dead moth. We're going to see this historical moth. The OG mm-hmm. bug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does this bug have a name? It should have a name. Did they name it? You're so right. Tell us it had a name, Jessica. If they didn't (laughs) give it a name, we're going to give it a name. We have to think of one. Mm. Okay. Well, so in the wrap up, maybe we'll come up with a name because Sally, there is no name of this bug, (laughs) of this historical OG bug. (laughs) But 
I mean, they probably called it a pest since, you know, it was messing up their system and stuff. Mm, True. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Turn your architectural designs into stunning, immersive experiences with Enscape. This innovative tool integrates seamlessly with your design software to bring your ideas to life in real-time 3D and VR. With Enscape, you will experience instant rendering, have the ability to make design changes on the fly, and present your projects in stunning detail. Ideal for architects, designers, and anyone passionate about visual storytelling in architecture. Dive into a new era of design visualization with Enscape. Visit Enscape3D.com to learn more. So, back to Grace. After her time in the Navy Reserve, Grace would join the Eckert Motchley Computer Corporation that would later be acquired by Remington Rand. Okay, so basically, this is the company that first made the personal electronic computer that later she would work on the universal automatic computer. Oh, I see you, Grace. Working for some big names. Hey. Mm-hmm. So Grace would become most known for creating the first computer language compiler called A-O. Okay. Amazing, Grace. But... <laughs> What the heck is a compiler? Yeah. Okay. So a compiler is something that translates mathematical code into machine readable binary code. Basically, it is something that allows you to write or create a program that several computers can use. So before one would create a program, but only one computer could use it at a time. So it's basically a computer language translator, like Google Translate for computer code. Yes. Pretty much. Wow. So, yeah. So later, her team would create the first program to use English commands. So instead of like zeros and ones, which is basically computer coding. Right. So the official term is common business oriented language or COBOL, C-O-B-O-L. COBOL. COBOL. Well, anyway, Grace invented computer language. Okay. We've got a mathematician and a linguist on our hands. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So I know we're talking a lot about computer stuff that, I don't know, it just, it might be a stretch, but Grace was a mathematician. She wasn't like an architect or anything. And it makes me wonder, like, her story is so interesting, but how does it relate to the AEC industry or to architecture? But when I think about how far computer-aided design has come along in this, you know, constant conversations that we have about how computers are affecting the profession, good or bad, whatever your position is, I think it starts with the foundation that Grace started, the computer. Also, when I think of English commands and computers, my brain automatically thinks of like CAD commands and like AutoCAD hotkeys and... (laughs) Which is, I don't know, it's almost like a computer language within itself, but it's just tailored for architects. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a big stretch at all. Computers are a tool that are integral to our profession now. So to learn today about the start of it all is super interesting and very related. 
Yeah, agreed. It's mm-hmm. made huge steps in our profession. And I totally get the connection about the English commands and key commands with drafting. Like mm-hmm. I cannot imagine working without my key commands. That would be right. No, terrible. that would be hard. <laughs> and at my office, yeah. my principal changed the commands. So if if one day <laughs> I go work somewhere else, I'll have to learn like completely new commands. You can always customize them to yourself. Like you can make them what you want. Or learn a new language. I would have to take those commands. Yeah. Yeah. You save out the like work environment settings. Yeah. Okay. So another thing, I don't know. This season we've talked about objects that have brought a lot of like comfort today. Like there's no way that yes, hotkeys are important. But if I didn't have them, not like I'd be saying. But like I cannot imagine a world without fire escapes or refrigerators, aka ice boxes. But the early stages of computer, like, I don't know, I just still think of it as like a modern invention. So I don't know. I'm just glad we get to highlight this invention in particular. And to know that a woman was at the helm. Oh, so inspiring. I love it. Heck yeah. It's super cool to learn about this lady inventing computer language and terms that we still use today. Loving it. <laughs> okay. Like a bug in a system. Yeah, computer <laughs> bugs. Okay, so back to Grace. Did y'all know that the military has an age limit where they force you to retire? Oh, no. Yeah, when Grace turned 60, she was forced to retire. Grace would call this the saddest day of a life. Oh, poor Grace. I feel like maybe I did know that, but I didn't know what the age was. Mm. She was such a patriot. It's okay, Grace. You can go play some bingo now. You can still code in your free time. Don't cry. (laughs) She didn't have enough time to crap because just like our ladies, retirement doesn't mean anything. Mm -mm. It's like retirement. What? I'm still shaking and baking. Also, for a plot twist, it wasn't Grace, but the Navy themselves. They asked her to come back just seven months later to standardize the Navy's multiple computer languages as operations in Southeast Asia were increasing. Whoa, a turn of events. She was too mm-hmm. valuable. They could not let her go. Mm-hmm. Take that, Navy. You'd be lost at sea without her. <laughs> Literally, because she knew how to do the computer stuff. So, Grace would work in her active duty for 19 more years after this. She was in her 70s when she like retired. Like for real? Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm glad she got to keep doing what she loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for almost two decades, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, Grace won several awards and honors and her nickname was Amazing Grace. You see? (laughs) How sweet the sound. Mm. Amen. So in 1991, President George Bush would award Grace the National Medal of Technology, which is the country's highest award in technology. And Grace was the first woman to win this award as an individual. I guess the other women that might have won this award were probably like in groups or something. Mm. Uh, Well, way to go, Grace. Congratulations, Grace. Yes. Okay, so there's a Navy ship named after her. It's called the USS Hopper. Ah. Yeah. So Grace did an interview with 60 Minutes in the 80s 
and her recognition prompted a congressman to create a bill that would promote Grace to Commodore rank. Whoa, that's really Mm -hmm. high up. Also, she has a ship Mm -hmm. named after her. That's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm speechless. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so in Grace's 79, she finally like retires like for real, for real again from the military, but this time as a rear admiral. She was the oldest serving officer in the U.S. Armed Forces. But did she really retire, Jessica? (laughs) Suspense. At freaking 79 years old, Grace was still working. See, I told you. I told you. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to believe it. Yeah. She wasn't working in the in the military, of course, because they done told her like, OK, lady. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. yeah. It's done. Enough. You did your victory lap. <laughs> right. So she did work, but just as a senior consultant in public relations at the Digital Equipment Corporation, the DAC or DEC for short. What's the Digital Equipment Corporation? What's that? Yeah, it's another big computer corporation. That would eventually become this company called Compaq. Oh, I don't know if that's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've watched so many like computer documentaries. Like when I think back, it's just weird. But yeah. So the name sounds familiar to you. Yes. Because it should be. It's a pretty popular computer company that would become even more popular in the 90s. Yeah. 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 I remember it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. At. 85, Grace would like for real retire, like after coming back and her little side jobs and whatever. Grace would finally retire. And then a year later, she would pass away. She was buried with the full military honors in Arlington National Cemetery. What an accomplished life. So happy that she was recognized for all her great work and achievements. I mean, she got a freaking ship. We owe her a lot today. Yes. Yeah, we really do. And it's so impressive about her military career. Thank you, Grace, for making drafting more of a breeze. Or mostly that we can make changes without having to redraw the whole sheet. Oh, imagine. Amen. Well, we are now at the second half of our episode, The Carrie This is where we select a woman living today who is doing her thing Birthing the profession and whose work continues to hold the profession up, just like the caryatids or columns shaped like women found on the Greek style buildings. So, without further ado, this week's caryatid goes to Fei Lee. Okay. So I want to start off by saying that although, like many industries, there's still a lot of catching up to do when it comes to women and the steam industry and equality. But I will say the ladies are kicking butt in the tech world. Like it is hard to just pick one lady to highlight as a carrier. Tip. I love to hear that. I love this. Yes, I had options, y'all. So Fei-Fei is the co-director of Stanford's Human-Centered AI Institute, as well as the founder of AI for All, a nonprofit aimed to increase diversity in AI. This is so important. Like, this is really great work. I can't wait to hear more about it, learn more about her. Yes. Okay. so she is originally from Beijing, China. She came to the States when she was in her teens. 
She has a degree from Princeton in physics, and she has a PhD in computer science from California Institute of Technology. So after graduating, she taught engineering and computer science courses at the University of Illinois and Princeton before securing tenure at Stanford. She's racking up institutions. Mm -hmm. So Feifei's focus is on cognitive and computational neuroscience and machine learning to improve AI image recognition ability. Now, I don't know about y'all, but at my office, we talk about AI like every day, like every day. And when I read about Feifei, it kind of reminds me of Grace, because from what I understand of what Feifei is doing, It seems that she's trying to improve the language or dynamics of AI, similar to what Grace was doing with computer language. Yeah, I can see the connection between the two of them and how they were both pushing forward the computer science world or like the newest form of technology in each of their time periods, respectively. Yeah. Yeah. They're each writing language. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it's interesting to know that she was doing that. All right. so. Before we say see you later, we want to give thanks to CMYK for the music and John W., our technical producer. And most of all, thank you to all of our listeners out there. Thank you for listening. Remember to check out our show notes for links to all of our resources on this episode, as well as pictures of projects we've talked about. We hope you enjoyed learning about Grace and Feifei along with our banter and that you're inspired to find out more about them and other amazing professional ladies. Again, thank you. She Builds Podcast is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Please let us know what you thought of our episode. If you've enjoyed it, please help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your computer nerds, your computer coders, your computer bugs. Tell them all. (laughs) Give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Write us a nice review. This all helps us reach a wider audience and for more people to learn about these amazing ladies with us. We are excited to hear from you and for you to come back and keep learning about women bosses with us. You can email us your thoughts at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on our website, shebuildspodcast.com. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Shebos Podcast or on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Shebos Pod. So until then, bye. Bye. Hey, girl. Hi. I'm Nurjani Rivas, wondering what my Halloween costume, 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 costume. Hey there, architecture enthusiast, Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin, shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote-unquote fit in. But the environments that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely
extremely successful. You look at all these PhDs, they've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. What they consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to, we have to prioritize people before products and before place. Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past and guideposts for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender.